Reel on Reels, episode 25, Avengers Endgame, the little movie that could. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 25. Yeah, that's kind of a minor milestone. Yeah, (laughs) of Reel on Reels. The greatest film podcast on the internet. At least on the internet. Yeah. If not more broadly. At, at least. Yeah, the home of the real factor and the real score. Yep. And uh, we are here today to talk about the culmination of... Of the first three phases of... A the gigantic <laughs> cinematic universe. Yes, the MCU. the Marvel Universe. Yes, lovingly known as the MCU. It's um, easily the most ambitious project in film The most ambitious crossover in history, would you say? (laughs) That too, yeah. Isn't that that meme? What meme? It's like a meme. It's like people call it the most ambitious crossover in history. Oh, man, I haven't seen that one. But but now they they, they replace it with something else. Right. Uh, Okay. That does sound like a funny because meme. journalists kept calling it the most ambitious crossover in history or something. Oh, really? Wow. Well, it is. So it's funny that you say that. Yeah, I yeah I said it unironically. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this really is like the most ambitious film project of all time. Yeah. Uh, the MCU. I mean, it's, it's pretty a tw- impressive. It, to put kind of put it in some context, it's almost like, as if like all of the James Bond movies had been connected somehow. Yeah. You know, because there there's like more than twenty of those, and now there's with Endgame there's twenty two Marvel films. Wow. So the fact that it didn't just crash and burn by now yeah. is pretty incredible. So that, I, I review the movie in that context. Um, and I do have some issues, but we'll we'll get into it. Yeah, and also to mention that this film almost cost half a billion dollars to make. Yeah, that's... It's like $350 million yeah, to which make this movie. is mostly Robert Downey Jr.'s salary. <laughs> right. um, no, but he actually does get huge amounts of proceeds from the, the profits. So. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if any of the salaries are even part of the budget in Man, this case. Because, he's raking in the dough. Yeah. How much yeah. has it made so far? Like $2.2 uh, $2 billion or something? Just Robert Downey Jr.? No, the film. Oh, okay, general. yeah. Yeah, no. It, it, he, yeah, he's making back end. Probably. Yeah, I mean, that's probably not too far off from Robert Downey Jr.'s net worth now. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, it it, it, um, it was the fastest film to cross the $2 billion mark uh, worldwide. Yeah. So um, it's it's only been out for a couple weeks now. You know what would be the most ambitious crossover event in history? <laughs> if Robert Downey Jr., because he became so rich, actually became like a Tony Stark type. It, yeah, like if he were... If he were kind of like um like a more badass um, Elon Musk like who develops right like I don't know some some sort of magnetic technology that revolutionizes transportation or something and, yeah and no no weapons because that's not Tony Stark now oh I mean I guess it kind of is when he's fighting bad guys but he moved yeah. away from the whole like weapons of mass destruction thing he can protect us from like those asteroids that are yeah our planet. <laughs> okay, listen, real and real's audience. Our planet in thirty years is going to be passing through a very dense por- portion of an asteroid belt. Oh, I didn't know that. One of many ways that we shit's going to get crazy. Yeah, one of many ways that nature can uh, can just ruin your day. Yeah, <laughs> but we should also mention before we uh, continue that there are going to be spoilers. Oh yeah, <laughs> so you might want to watch the movie first. 
Yeah, um, lots of spoilers, but you know yeah, that about this show. Because uh, this, yeah, this. Don't listen to this if you don't want to know the ending of Avengers. We're going to say that right now, very clearly. <laughs> uh, if I, if we get any letters from your lawyers, they will be ignored. Indeed, they will. And if we get any, which is court know, summons, standard practice, they will be ignored around here anyway. But you know, especially yeah, subpoenas. Um, don't need. Uh, bye. Shredder. <laughs> Don't want no subpoenas, y'all. All right. So, Avengers Endgame. Where were we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were talking about how much it cost and how much it's right, made, right. Uh, which is crazy. Um, and this juggernaut that has that Disney has become. They've gotten all the their the jewels for their Infinity Gauntlet. It seems. <laughs> yeah. That's what, yeah. That is a Thanos is a pretty good. Uh, analogy for what disney's doing to that entertainment industry it's just like all of the major companies are it's are it's infinity stones they've snapped their fingers and half of production companies have (laughs) disappeared under independent ownership (laughs) yes (laughs) oh man but uh i mean think it's um fortunate they've got marvel because uh star wars is kind of crashing and burning from what i hear yeah star wars i haven't even seen the last jedi yet but yeah. Uh, anyway, the Avengers. Yes. The final, the final chapter. <laughs> um, the second part of the Infinity War film, which I liked. You know, I'm not like a huge Marvel guy. Um, yeah. I like some of the movies. I, I like all the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh um, yeah. They're funny. Um, I know I would love the Ant Man movies. I just still I need to get around to watching them. Yeah. Um, because I love Paul Rudd. But um they've always kind of felt like samey to me um the marvel movies in general yeah yeah and i do want to see dr strange still it's a good one um it is one of the more um kind of marvel formula type movies like origin story type so it structurally yeah I, i do think that um they you know it's another good example of how they can take that formula and just keep keep shaking that same bottle of rocket sauce and just make it something that you want to watch even though you kind of know what the structure is going to be yeah yeah um so yeah but you know in the first ant-man movies like that um i assume uh captain marvel is like that i haven't seen it yet yeah (laughs) it was stacked so closely to endgame i don't actually go to the theater that often so um haven't got around to seeing that one yet but and we'll have i have a couple gripes about the whole captain marvel thing went to the theater last night oh yeah oh yeah saw detective pikachu (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It, the, yeah, from the trailer, it looks pretty pretty funny. And I give it a thumb and a half up. A thumb and a half. Okay, that's. I guess that's like three out of four, right? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we have. <laughs> <laughs> Did my impromptu Pikachu review? Yeah, that that threw me for a loop. Impromptu Pikachu. Good old Ryan Reynolds still haven't seen the uh, Deadpool movies. But uh, anyway, so the the Endgame is directed by the Russo brothers, who did um, the Infinity War. So there's that continuity, which is good. But they also did um, Captain America: Winter Soldier, the Winter Soldier, and um, Captain America: Civil War. So there's kind of a strong, um, and I think that kind of comes through in the style because you do see that, um, you know, the the way the captain america is treated and how how they are very 
I think thoughtful with his storyline. I think that's part partly why mm-hmm. because it's the, it's the director. It's actually the director and writer team, uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. They also wrote those same movies. McFeely. <laughs> that's the creepiest name of all time. A little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I'm about. sure he's a wonderful person, <laughs> a wonderful human being. Yes, of course. Hopefully, but uh, yeah, that's a that's an unfortunate name. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is interesting because their style is a bit different from like Joss Whedon and, um, James Gunn, you know, those guys are a little more, there's a little more of like a goofiness about their, their films. And I think that seriousness definitely of, of the Russo brothers is kind of, and not that it's totally serious, of course, but there is, um, something about the Captain America plot line that's a little bit more, I don't know, uh, heady, I guess, like. Because there's a lot of like political stuff, and it's um, and they they and in, in Endgame you can see um that the I mean the I think that's been good for the character because there is that um continuity that is wrapped up so beautifully at the very end of Endgame mm-hmm. because it goes oh, all the yeah, way back yeah. all the way back to the first Captain America film yeah um, I I like that ending that was such that a thread. Yeah, that was such a nice um, full circle moment mm-hmm. where he gets he gets back with um, Agent Carter and he's able to go back in time and live the yeah. life that he kind of has kind of always wanted to live for all this yeah. all this time that he's been fighting and dying literally. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the time machine thing, though, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a cop out. But well, how can, else are they going? Yeah, do we can it? we can get into that. Um, We'll, we'll 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 get we'll start we'll kick off our screenplay portion here. It'll probably be pretty long, but that's typical. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, time travel. Might as well get into that. Um. It's kind of the way that they handle it is kind of clever. Because they do have a little bit of they make a comedic moment out of it between Bruce Banner and um and Scott Lang Ant Man, mm-hmm. and um it, it they bring up all these movies like Back to the Future and. Um, I can't think of any of the other ones, but they bring up several like time hot tub time machine. Yes, hot tub. Yeah, that was a very funny <laughs> moment, moment actually when they bring up hot tub time machine. Um, that <laughs> of all the movies that I would think would be referenced in Avengers Endgame, right? Yeah, I would I would not have thought of hot tub time machine in a million years. So, but then that is one of the nice things about it is there are a few those little surprises peppered through where you're just like I would not have I would not have anticipated something like that. Um, but but they do kind of deal with that in a in a comedic way, and they're just kind of like ah, don't worry so much about the the time travel aspect of it. Like this is kind of a different. We're doing like a different thing here, and they establish that before the time travel happens, so that you kind of have this sense of like, okay, they're doing something different. It's some kind of multiverse thing where they don't have to um, actually change the present. They can just create like an alternate timeline, and it'll all work out. Right. Um, yeah. And then they even when uh, Hulk uh, Bruce Banner is talking to. Um, Tilda Swinton's character, the Wizard Lady, can't remember her name. Too many characters, mm, oh, people, yeah. to remember. Uh, <laughs> but and I haven't seen Doctor Strange. So. Yeah, they even go into that a little bit more um, with like the time she makes that like time stream visual for him to see, and he's just like, "Oh, we're gonna fix it," you know? Mm, yeah. And um, so they they do kind of they t- they take some time trying to deal with that, like because they know it's gonna it's a bit a big suspension of disbelief thing whenever you have to do some kind of time travel and it, it is always kind of kind of cheap yeah because everything ends so neatly right and some things don't really make all that much sense like 
big spoiler coming up. Why does <laughs> Iron Man die at the end? Why couldn't they go back in time to save him and bring him back somehow if they brought back everybody? Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> and I and in the content that I've I've looked at on this, I had, nobody's brought that up either. They might have explained it. I don't. Um, or maybe there's some something easier. Man, I don't have time to contemplate this right now. We got to keep yeah. rolling with this show. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna put a bit in that one. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, but and it's kind of funny how how Tony Stark just like figures out time travel suddenly when they need him oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just like sitting around thinking about it with his computer, and he's like, "I've got it." <laughs> yeah, he found like the proper wizard in his little software that he was using. Yeah, it's like oh, time machine wizard. Oh yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and it like put this molecule together. Yeah, there's this like Mobius, uh, Mobius, strip. Mobius strip animation. Yeah, um, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's uh, you know, that's the meaning of everything." Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where you kind of have to suspend suspend disbelief, and it is kind of funny, also. Yeah. Um. So they they get they gloss over a lot of the logical issues with with humor. Um. And right. that's a, that's pretty effective. Yeah, this um, was re- yeah. There's a lot of comedy, a lot of comedic relief. I loved uh, the Hulk in like his his like hipster look, <laughs> uh, with the, like my style glasses. Yeah, and... he's taking selfies with people and telling yeah. them to Hulk out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was. Um, <laughs> and that that scene when he's like those little kids were get, taking the pictures with them, and uh, he's like, "Here, you want one with Ant Man, right?" And they're, they're like, eh, "I don't know." He's like, "No, no, they don't want one for me." <laughs> and, yeah, like, he just. Like, it was like a really awkward scene. Yeah, actually, I felt like they drugged that out a little bit too long. I thought it was perfect. The awkward, it's, yeah. It was like a perfect Paul Rudd moment. It was a good Paul Rudd moment. He's just like, just take the phone. Just, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, take, I think he said like, I think he said like, take the goddamn phone. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is what he says. Um, but yeah, man, we could we could just quote the funny parts of this movie for an hour. Yeah. Um, I mean, the way they handle Thor, <laughs> I, the, 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 the fat joke thing was kind of cheap, but... But it was a relatable – the way that – I actually watched an interview with um, the directors. Um, uh, what is it? Joe and – the Russo brothers. I can't I keep forgetting the name. McFeely Russo? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, McFeely Russo. <laughs> um, and there, there was a bunch of interesting things in there. I'll probably refer to some other things they said. But one of the things they were talking about was how it was a very – like how Thor arguably has been put through the ringer more than any other character. Because okay, for one, like literally half of his people died in in Thor Ragnarok. Right. Well, and, actually, I haven't seen that one either. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and he he lost his mother in Thor two, and he loses right, yeah. he loses Loki in Infinity War, and so it's just like he and he just feels and he's so like his 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 pride and arrogance t- takes such a huge hit in Infinity War because he's just like and he feels stupid that's another kind of part of his character that's kind of coming through. Um, so yeah, the way that they handled Thor's arc was beautiful. And then he chops off Thanos's head. Yeah. That comes as a real shock right at the beginning of the movie. That was really cool. Yeah. In a Disney movie, I like a kind of like you know, they're trying to hit all age groups with this movie. So I was surprised they went with the beheading. Yeah. That was surprising. Uh, a graphic beheading yeah so it was <laughs> it was pretty super yeah i was shocked yeah i like that um but yeah he's like the depressed thor who's trying to 
trying to get himself back together and rocket gives him a good little slap which is <laughs> which yeah. is very appropriate for rocket yeah. um <laughs> i'm just thinking of that funny scene between <laughs> thor and star lord oh at the at the end yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know who's in charge here <laughs> of course of course <laughs> so do you think the next guardians movie is going to have thor as part of the oh, guardians i'm yeah, almost certain yeah yeah that's they're setting that up for sure that's going to be good yeah, yeah it could it could work I like that it could work out really well yeah that's part of what what's cool about the Thor mythos is that it's like it's kind of like spacey and magical mm-hmm. and like you can kind of just take it anywhere you want really. Yeah. Um kind of kind of the same way with Guardians of the Galaxy. They could they could build like a whole Guardians of the Galaxy universe. Yeah. It could be like Star the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I've always like I love Guardians of the Galaxy because it's kind of like a it's like a sci-fi show to me. It's like firefly it's like right babylon 5 a little bit um it's, it's kind of got that you know um babylon 5 is not really but just right. kind of that you know campy style to sci-fi that i that i love that's always present in guardians yeah it's um, plus the humor obviously it really it really is a winning formula i mean it's almost like they took like the galaxy quest like homer uh, yeah. uh, uh sci-fi parody kind of angle mm-hmm. and made it even funnier and like much more, you know, higher production values and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, um, Chris Pratt just plays that character so well. Um, but yeah, as far as end game characters, actually the guardians characters kind of get the shaft in this movie. Um, okay. there's not really much in end game. There's really not much of, of them except, and this was, um, this is something I think a lot of people are overlooking. Nebula played by Karen Gillan. Mm-hmm. She, and her character arc in Infinity War and Endgame was um, was something that would have been a, a, like a standout, like a dramatic, you know, like tragic arc in most kinds of movies. But it just right. there's so much else going on in these movies that she just kind of gets buried. Yeah. Um, but it's such a cool arc. She literally kills herself. Mm-hmm. And it's like and the way <laughs> that they the way that Thanos uses her is so like. I I really felt that like, um, it just it's it, it's just vi- very violating. You know what I mean? Like the way that he just like commands her like brain to right, like see yeah. what's going on, so he can predict, or so he knows what what the, what the future holds. That was a really cool plot device, actually. That was a crazy scene. Yeah. Um, and it was logical that she was the one sent to that planet to get the power stone because she kind of knows that like she's part of that mm-hmm. garlic guardians of the galaxy universe yeah um but that but sending her there ended up being a fatal flaw because of the fact that thanos knew everything right and that was really the the chink in the in the on in the avengers plan um mm-hmm. that kind of precipitates everything else so it's a really important plot plot element it's a really good story and it's just nobody's gonna be talking about it which is sad yeah and i do want to go back to that time travel thing a little bit by, yeah, about sure. iron man sure um I think it. I think it's explained that they can't really bring people back. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we, we could because they bring they do bring people back, but I don't know. It's kind of unclear how they actually get people back. It seems like Doctor Strange was the one that was responsible for it. It wasn't really the time traveling. Because the time was the time traveling just for the stones. Well, the time traveling. Actually, I was surprised at how they ended up. Um, getting that um at their their like little foot in the door ended up being the pim particle which i which sh- oh yeah 
in retrospect, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but that should have been kind of obvious, but it wasn't yeah. obvious at all going into this movie that they were going to use Pym's technology and the Ant-Man was going to be the one to be like, hey, guys, I have an idea. Like, that that really threw me for a loop, which was cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, um, but they use that. I, I, I was going to answer your question. I completely forgot it. <laughs> You're asking how, like, how, oh, so what does Doctor Strange have to do with it? Yeah, so, like, how, why did he bring them back? I'm just confused. I'm kind of confused with the mechanism of, bringing those people back i know they snapped the the infinity gauntlet right to bring them back but how then do they show up at the i i don't know how do they the, show up at the, the battle at the big battle yeah. well that's been okay so and that's that is one of the weird things about it is like how is it that bringing those people back to that moment where they were right before they were disintegrated right um that somehow all the characters um, that have been in the movie so far, the Avengers that were left over that kind of are the driving the main plot of it, like the core group. Um, they, um, they're like, they're just, their pasts are the same. Like nothing has changed for them, but all these other characters have come, all these other half of life in the universe has come back. Right. And somehow that doesn't change where they're at at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like it is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and we should probably talk about a little bit of how the effects of everybody disappearing at the end of Infinity War, because they go into how government started right. like falling. That's and, a big uh, aspect of the plot. The too. world was kind of in flames, um, and then there's like memorials set up everywhere of the, those that vanished. Um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty. The, the first act they flushed the, it out pretty well. Yeah, there's that there's that bang at the beginning, which actually that little segment was. Um, they thought about using that as the ending for Infinity War where you actually would um they would have they would actually kill thanos you know because you you know how at the very beginning uh, it's it's still on the timeline of infinity war yeah. they haven't jumped to, jumped ahead five years yet mm-hmm. so um but i think it was a good decision to put it in endgame as like yeah. a nice little prelude mm-hmm. yeah it yeah. works really well as that in that way and uh and then they jump five years later and then there's this whole first act which is probably like an hour where it, it's like really depressing because <laughs> they're like yeah the the universe is kind of messed up and captain marvel is like reporting on all the like other thousands of planets that have intelligent life or whatever yeah and um and black uh yeah black widow is like consumed by the work of just like monitoring everything from her little office <laughs> yeah she's dead too right yeah <laughs> there's the other couldn't big, bring her debt big spoiler yeah could bring her back so yeah um and that whole thing okay so but back to dr strange so he does i don't know if this helps your question but he doesn't actually have anything to do with the time traveling it's just that he um he gives up the time stone which that's an interesting plot point too because maybe is it would it have been possible for him to actually not allow thanos to get that stone somehow is that in his power um and but he does it because he is able to see alternate futures and he sees that there's only one possible way that they win. And that, that path involves him giving time stone to Thanos. Right. And he, he, so he, he gestures to Tony right there at the end of, of the battle to let him know now is the time to, to get the stones. Um, I thought he was telling him, you're talking about when he was uh, holding up the one, like held up his yeah, finger. Yeah, he like I think he does like a, almost a snapping motion with his fingers. I thought he, he was holding up the one saying that this is that one moment. Oh, yeah, this that is might that be that one in a, you know, yeah. a billion chance or whatever that this is going to work yeah. out. But obviously that meant he was kind of forlorn because he knew that Tony was going to die. 
Right. Oh yeah, yeah. So you yeah. can kind of see that look in it. I thought oh, yeah. I thought he had like a look in his face, like he was, you know, like of... you're about to die. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. Um, which is pretty heavy. You know? Yeah. That, speaking of Tony Stark dying, that part when uh, I loved how they had Ant Man go into Tony's heart. Oh, that whole thing was pretty funny. And Thor using his hammer as a defibrillator. He's like, yeah. I had no idea that was going to work. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Yeah. He had, they had Ant-Man go into Tony's heart, his artificial heart, and like pull like some kind of circuit yeah. uh, to make it go haywire yeah. to distract people. Yeah. Your that pop was... filter's going nuts over there. <laughs> oh, is it? Is it? Is it making noises? Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, Rob doesn't have his, uh, his trusty studio headphones. Yeah. I forgot my so. headphones. I brought yeah. my gym bag. <laughs> Instead of my recording bag, my podcast bag. Your podcast bag. Um, yeah, we all we all need a podcast bag. Yeah, so it's true. So yeah, crazy plot. Very easy to get lost in all the in all the details. Um, man, there's so much in this movie. Yeah, it's a three hour long epic. Yeah. Um, we didn't mention that. It's, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, Stan Lee does make a cameo. Yeah. He's like a. Like driving really fast down some highway. Yeah, he's like he's like some kind of rebel or anarchist or something drive by driving by and yelling things about yeah. the military or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's because they go all the way back in time to where wherever Howard Stark was working, like around the time of Captain America, like his creation and that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of callbacks to, <clears throat> of course, the various. I think pretty much every MCU film is referenced in this movie, and yeah. um. There are except for, Howard the Duck, yeah. But I I like that they especially that they especially reference um, the first Avengers movie uh, because that really I mean I I still think that's the best Marvel film. Mm, yeah, um, I like that one a lot. Yeah, um, it's just basically a perfect film, and um, but at that time they didn't have the massive task of of ending uh, these plot lines the way that that uh, the writer and director for the friend game had. Um, but yeah, so as far as just talking about character arcs, might as well get into that a little bit more. Um, what did you give screenplay by the way? We've been talking oh, about yeah. that for a little while. Yeah. I, uh, I gave it an eight. Uh, me too. Yeah. Me too. So uh, issues that I have would be, um, well, let me just go over. Um, well, let's see. We've, pr- we've covered uh, a lot of the character arcs. I think, um, yeah, I think, I think they handled all the main guys pretty well. Um, I I like Jeremy Renner more in this movie than any than any of his other ones, mm-hmm. um, as as Hawkeye. Um, I hated the haircut, but aside from that, it was it was cool that they gave him a sword and Jeremy Renner. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and there's even that scene where it's it's kind of like a horror movie scene where he's trying to he's running from those like monsters in the tunnel. He's got the Infinity Gauntlet and mm-hmm. he barely gets away from them. I think Jeremy Renner is a good fan, good actor, but I don't like his face. <laughs> Something enough. about his face. It's a little bit of a weird face, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say weird. That's just mean. <laughs> okay. He's just got a face. He's got a face. That's just, you know, there and be, being all facey. It is being facey. Um, how'd you feel about the way that they ended uh, the Black Widow's arc? Um, I kind of got the sense that she picked that um, mission because she kind of knew what was going to happen. But, right. Yeah, I don't know. And she, that, her character has just been kind of, her and Hawkeye's characters are kind of like peripheral, right? Almost in the Avengers, like they, 
uh, they don't get fleshed out that much because, well, she hasn't had her own movie yet. Right. We don't really know who she is, really. So in some ways, it does lessen the impact that she hasn't had her own film. Yeah. And it is a sad moment. Yeah. Um, But it also, I feel like they, they definitely could have given her a little bit more to do in this movie. Yeah. Um, And, and Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, how to... long are they going to make this movie? Right. Because they, they could have shown we have to Marvel stuff, but it would have just added... Right. I don't know. It could have made it felt like it was dragging because it is... is... Well, well, that's part of the problem, of course, is that at this point, um, it is overstuffed. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. <laughs> like, it, it's an overstuffed film. And... You know, I don't know. I, I thought they did a good job pacing it, and I thought it flew by for me. It does fly by just because... Um, there's so much coming at you and there's there's so many references and like there is um you know they just have so much material to work with and it's all it's pretty much all good material it's just a matter of trying to make it um its own thing right its own standalone movie and not just a bunch of references um but it, it is yeah it is very entertaining just because of that because it's like you you know all these characters and so many of them are interesting and there's so many arcs going on and um yeah there's never a dull moment for sure um so yeah that that does make it um it's a successful screenplay for sure and yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel terribly long i do think i wasn't crazy about the fact that early on it is kind of it does it takes a pretty long time for the real main plot to kick in like it takes pretty much half the movie yeah and Uh, like the whole like kind of caper mission type mm-hmm. thing that they do where they have to go and get the stones back, which is kind of fun and there's a lot of comedy in there. And uh, by the way, I also think some of the comedy was a little overdone. I think they were afraid that the movie was going to be too somber and they kind of overcompensated a little yeah. bit, especially in the middle. Um, like what the thing where like Thor is drunkenly explaining the ether and all of that, like that wasn't necessary. Right. Um, so, and yeah, there's a few things like that where... And some of that might actually be an editing issue. Um, and also just the fight scene, I think. Um, and that was another thing I was going to say about about when we do get into the editing. But we'll get in more into that. But yeah, Captain Marvel. Let me just say something quick about that. I, um, <clears throat> it, does, it seems a little weird to me that they would shoehorn a Captain Marvel movie in like right before Endgame came out. And then like while it's still in the theater, Endgame came out. And then have her like be in Endgame really briefly for like just really convenient moments yeah. like that. That seemed very forced. And she filmed that, that part before she filmed that Captain Marvel movie. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really see how knowing the origin of her would change my opinion of how she's used in this movie. So I don't think that that's really relevant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like she, it's like, Oh, she conveniently destroys Thanos's awesome ship. Um, and then she like just barely prevents him from snapping his fingers, which like, there's a million different ways I could have done that. So, um, and also just the, 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 there's like that little brief scene where like the women are gathering and then they just kind of cut away from him. And I was just like, really? They could have done something cool with that. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of people, um, kind of, I've heard a lot of people talking about that scene and I, you know, I, I heard that it might be because like they're the next team. I don't know if there's a comic book that has those characters as like a team of superheroes, but I thought somebody said like, "Oh, that's the." Uh, I don't think it's they're called the A Team, but it was like something like that. Yeah, you know that does kind of make sense. Um, and 
I think that would be awesome actually yeah. because I think those characters like if you if you to take the group of like all the female characters and you were to group they get together the the male characters that are left that are actually um that are going to maybe have their own franchises I think the girls have more um more interesting stuff going on mm-hmm. I think that uh the the Wakanda um like generals or whatever they're cool yeah. Val- Valkyrie um I, I don't remember the name of the actress who plays her but she's got a lot of charisma I think she could carry um or she, or she could at least be you know one of the major characters going forward yeah um and you know captain i could see captain marvel being used very well too just not in this movie <laughs> right um so yeah and gamora i mean there's a lot of good ones so um oh, there's just so many there's so much to talk about in this movie yeah there is it's it's insane <laughs> i think we're gonna probably leave a lot out that's what oh, i'm afraid I, of cause there's just so much right Right. Yeah, but it's fun to talk about. It's, yeah. it's good to have too much material. Yeah. Um. So anyway, okay. Now, how do <clears throat> while we're still on screenplay here? Um. So issues. Um. Yeah, I think we kind of mostly covered it. Um. What. What do you think about the how they handled um, Tony Stark's death, and the just the the climactic moment there? I thought it was really powerful. It was a really, it was super sad. Right. Um, and like a heroic death. Right. Um, I thought it was symbolic of kind of that era of Marvel, this chapter of the Marvel Cinematic Universe ending. Yeah, it was one of those full, full cir- circle moments because he says, I am Iron Man, which is the same thing oh, he yeah, says yeah. at the end of the first Iron Man, which was an ad- ad-libbed line. Mm. Um, and that, you know, that was the film that kicked off the MCU and in many ways set the tone for it uh, for a lot of the visual elements i mean it doesn't really stray too far from that i mean obviously with like the thor planets and stuff like that it gets into different territory but um and some guardian guardian stuff but yeah it really established a lot of the aesthetic um i think john favreau definitely deserves some credit for that oh, yeah. and for playing happy which is a funny character yeah um um, but yeah, it, it was that that for, for full circle moment, and they actually had to go back and shoot that. They had to convince Robert Downey Jr. to come back after he was already working at some other movie because then originally they had just ended it with him like smiling. They didn't give him a line. Oh, okay. but then the editor was like, "He should say I am Iron Man," and they were like, "Ah, oh, we have to do that." <laughs> so yeah, and you got to respect that his final words were a Black Sabbath reference. Yes, <laughs> I and love that's that. Just, that's metal as hell. I do love that. Um, okay, so my final words are gonna be fairies wear boots. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to that. Um, I'm not sure how, but it'll happen. Are you? Is that like a threat? <laughs> I don't know. What that it sounds was. like a threat, I sir. I don't know what it was. But yeah, I I don't know. I I think I just I don't know exactly what I would have done differently. But something about it rubs me the wrong way because I think maybe it's just a little bit too convenient that he could just at that moment like grab the stones with his like Iron Man hand or whatever. Like, Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Couldn't he do that some other time? And yeah, I don't know. And, and also just the gauntlet itself. It's just like, Oh, I guess we can just use Iron Man's stuff like scraps to make it a gauntlet or something like, right. I don't know. Like it's, um, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be scraps cause he has like infinite materials apparently, but, um, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. It's just, it, so there's st- things like that, which I feel like, Maybe there was no better way to do it. Maybe they just had to do something convenient. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple of things like that. 
and um, just like yeah, in terms of like the time travel, and um, the fact that like for some reason, another thing I saw pointed out was that in when when Thanos has no stones. When he, he's not, when he does not currently, <laughs> when he ain't have no stones, <laughs> when he's you not, what, mate? when he's not currently in possession of any of the infinity stones on his little gauntlet yeah. thingy, um, he seems to be like still ridiculously strong and that doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense either. Um, and like, it's like, cause in infinity war, I feel like he's handled a little bit in a way that's a little more logical because like when he is kind of down and out, like iron man by himself can kind of beat up on him. Mm-hmm. Um, or one, you know, any one of them can kind of be in a bottom, but when he's actually got the stones, he's like, you know, just impenetrable, impenetrable basically. Um, and so they do kind of pay homage to that because he does use the power stone to like punch wonder, uh, sorry, wonder woman, um, captain Marvel, who's kind of like a Superman type mm. character. But, um, I don't know. I, uh, I didn't feel like there was much consistency with that. And also why is his sword so strong that it can cut through captain America's shield like that? Yeah, I don't know. It's it, yeah. There's just some kind of like convenient logical punts in the movie. <laughs> it's for style points. Yeah, um, it's I did the, uh, rule rule of cool. I did think it was pretty cool that Captain America got to wield Mjolnir because oh yeah, that was kind of a callback to Age of Ultron because um, in that movie he like Thor th- like can kind of tell that he's about to be able to pick it up because he's trying to pick it up. Yeah. He, Thor doesn't think anybody can, but then he kind of budges it. And so Captain America in this movie, he, he get he calls it to him and Thor's like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I really like that. And I like that. He just starts wailing on Thanos. Yeah. Just uppercuts him and electrocutes him. And that is America's ass. Yeah. That was, that was good. <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah. Um, I like how they make, they gradually make Captain America a little less square. Like he just kind of, yeah, <laughs> um speaking of the the screenplay you know his ending is him using that time machine to go back and living the life that he's always wanted to live with the love of his life right from like what what was it the 40s which raises some timeline questions but whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know they say you can't like change the continuity of time i thought i thought that's what they said yeah i think the idea was that they were they were creating like alternate threads that that could then be kind of like tied back in as opposed to like there's not just one thread like you don't just go back and do one thing and then it changes everything it's right you can um which is why he's able to captain america is able to travel back in time replace all the infinity stones back where they should be um which uh, somehow prevents thanos from ever getting them i'm not exactly sure how that works but um but he's able to just kind of like leapfrog through time i don't think it's a matter of making sure that he never gets them. Cause I think that meant that he, he did get them eventually in that timeline and he did snap everybody out of reality. It was just a matter of them getting the stone so that they could unsnap them in the future. Right. Right. So, okay. Yeah. That is a good point. Cause that, yeah, it's kind of, they're kind of like t- timeline jumping, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Time travel movies, especially three hour ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, have a lot of, you know, questions. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. I did appreciate that the time travel wasn't just like something obvious, like, Oh, let's get the time stone, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, um, I, this movie kind of made me excited to watch other Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To go back. I would love to some point watch them all from the beginning, you know, Iron Man to 
end game. Um, I take a lot of time, but I've <laughs> never like been interested in watching a lot of the, uh, um, a lot of the movies, but this is, this kind of like made me a little more interested. Yeah. It's, I, I give them a lot of credit for making so many movies that I actually felt like were wor- worth watching because I'm not like, I'm not real into, I mean, there's plenty of bad superhero movies and there's plenty of bad, just like DC. Action, <coughs> yeah, DC. <laughs> action movies. And, um, yeah, I've, I've liked all of them. Yeah. And it's one of those, it's kind of like Pixar where it's just like, you, you know, it's, it's bankable. Like, you know, that you're going to go in and, and, um, you're not going to hate it. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they have made this as mass appeal, uh, heavy as possible. Like, I don't know. There's definitely an art to that. Yeah. Um, and there's enough variation in the different, then there's, they all have different kinds of tones to them. And um, they they mesh well when you get them together, and uh, I'm not really sure how they did that, but it somehow worked. Yeah, <laughs> for the most part. Um, so yeah, we gave it eight eights for screenplays. Yes, screenplay. Um, so how about direction? Direction. Um, I give it an eight point five. Okay. Uh, I thought that. I mean. It, we kind of saw a lot of it in our discussion on screenplay, but I think they they did a good job. Or, um, yeah, they because those two they they did a good job, kind of spacing everything out a little bit, like in terms of peppering in all these different things from the the past. What would you say, twenty two movies? Yeah, tw- twenty one movies before. Yeah, twenty one movies. Um, so I, they had a lot to work with, and I think it was a tough job, but I think they did a great job. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a f- like a, a fitting end to what what's I mean, what is probably the the biggest franchise, you know, mm. one of the biggest franchises in history. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of um, ticket sales, it, I think it dwarfs anything else. Right. The, you, there's really nothing you can even compare it to. It's yeah. um it's a it'll be it's a feat that will be studied for uh years to come decades to come oh um, uh breaking news jeremiah yes <laughs> um i've got there's a breaking news from the uh the who gives a crap corner uh the james cameron announced that there's gonna be <laughs> five <laughs> avatar movies yeah that's i can't even i don't know i don't know what to do with that and that's gonna the last one's gonna premiere Avatar Five is going to premiere in 2027. <laughs> How much you want to bet they do two more, and nobody finances it anymore because they're not making any money? I that could happen. I could see it happening. Yeah, I do, I don't see that franchise supporting five films. It's just, I mean, the one movie by itself wasn't even that meaty. So right, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Um, anyway. So the, yeah, I just so, wanted to break that news. Okay. Um, it just came in from the uh, from headquarters. <laughs> from what headquarters? Oh, we we work for uh, an underground group of wealthy individuals. All right. Per- yeah, you said too much. The Bilderberg, uh, Bilderberg Group. So well, I just have to edit that out. Um, 
Illuminati. So we, were, we were talking about direction. So I actually, I actually gave him a 10. Oh yeah. And my reasoning is um, the issues that I did have, I don't think were their fault. Frankly, I think they just, I think they were focusing on making sure that these, um, that it, the films, the film hit the right emotional beats, <clears throat> excuse me. And had the right, um, had the right look, had the right, uh, you know, that the made sure that the actors just, the, I, I, there was just a sense that throughout it, no matter how small the character, they were doing their character's thing. Like they were really, they were all really into the characters and that yeah, had to yeah. be difficult. I mm-hmm. mean, and ju- just, I mean, the, the task that they were given with this thing and obviously the screenwriters too, um, is per- was pretty monumental. And, um, the fact that they made, um, and it's, it's hard to make a long movie that is so consi- consistently entertaining. Right. Yeah. And that, that has to, that has to, um, you know, fall on them to a large degree on making sure that the actors were, you know, hitting those right moods, you know, and, and the, the way that, the way that, um, Robert Downey Jr. is like so broken down at the beginning. Um, and also it was kind of cheap that that's another thing about C- Captain Marvel that that was one of the reasons they shoehorned her in was that they had a way to get Tony back. Oh yeah. She's just able to just be like, Hey, I'm like your guardian angel. I'm picking you up, taking you back home. Um, but anyway, so, but, but yeah, the way Tony didn't want to go back. He was finally happy with his life. He had a daughter, uh, and he, right. he didn't want to go back. That whole thing. It makes his death even more tragic. Yeah. He had a wife and kid and yeah. Um, he just couldn't, he couldn't, uh, keep the secret when he knew that it could potentially save everybody. Um, but, but yeah. And just the way that, you know, yeah, like we said, all the major characters arcs are handled and, um, you know, it was all the, just all the emotional stuff, you know, in the movie yeah. it was really well done. Just those little moments. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that, that made it worth watching the, the battle itself. And I'll get a little more into that, but, um, you know, that wasn't even really a big portion of the movie. Yeah. That so. battle was awesome though. It was, yeah, it had some good parts. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Somebody doesn't like the battle. So, but I didn't I didn't take too much away from him for that. I yeah, so and obviously I gave him a 10. I just think that it, it's a, it was a crazy feat and uh they made it work. You didn't like the Battle of Winterfell either. Well, you know, I had my issues. But. What's your what's your deal <laughs> with battles, sir? Yeah, I um I'm actually surprised that I haven't brought up Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings yet. Yeah. Um, I thought I probably would bring them up, but yeah, it's hard not to think of this as being kind of like Return of the King. I mean, it's Return of the King. Of course, he's even longer. Um, and with the extended version, it's like way longer. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's still for me the the pinnacle of epic filmmaking. Right. Um. But yeah, this this was kind of like that in the way it had like a lot of little climaxes and and it tied up a lot of plot threads and mm-hmm. um, just obviously the sheer scale of it. Right. Yeah. Um. But uh, and yeah, with the the Battle of Winterfell and Endgame happening the same week, well, the, at least the week that I saw it, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was uh, that was an intense week. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of crazy seeing all these all this stuff. You know, it gave you a lot to think about because it's like, okay, so that's how they're going to resolve all these plot yeah. lines. It's just a lot, yeah, a lot to process. Um, but yeah, uh, and you know, of course, I I knew um, I've I've known for a while that this is how they're going to. Well, not exactly, but I knew that Iron Man was going to die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was t- that seemed to be the consensus amongst yeah. fans. Black Widow was a, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Who else died? Oh, um, gosh, I think there was somebody, but I can't remember. Oh. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, Captain America kind of dies. Like he's an old man. Yeah. So like, in a way, yeah. Yeah, he's got one foot in the grave. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a death, but it's like more of a happy death. Right. Which was interesting. That was really, yeah. It was just a beautiful way to end yeah. his uh, storyline. Um, yeah, that was yeah. But Captain America and Iron Man are both handled really well. Um, so yeah, um, uh, that's direction. Yeah, acting. We yeah. talked about the mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. Um, I think he's I mean, he's he's always great in these movies. He's just the perfect right uh, asshole millionaire. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's just great. Um, and, and this movie was a fitting end to kind of that legacy. Um, and the movie that kind of got him out of, um, obscurity and I mean, because nobody thought he could ever come back. He was was, known as being kind of a problem by that point. Yeah. So (laughs) his, uh, comeback, it was just. And meteoric rise. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. One of the biggest stars in the world, yeah. It was an unlikely story. And to, yeah. for it to happen with a character like Iron Man, right, of all yeah. the characters that it could happen with, um, it's kind of kind of weird. It was kind of like a... I don't know if he... What, was was Iron Man even really like a top-tier superhero? I would say he's probably like second-tier, right? I mean, obviously he's top-tier now. I'm so, I'm so unfamiliar with the comics. Yeah, I'm not really yeah. sure. Because, I mean, they had done a bunch of comic movies before that of, you know, the real top-tier ones, yeah. obviously. Like Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. I thought he was kind of always big in the Avengers. Yeah, that's comics. true. Um, but, yeah, I only read, really read Punisher. Okay. But not, not a lot. Um, and graphic novels and stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the comic books never... I don't know. I never caught on with them. Never... I, if I had started them when I was earlier, uh, younger, yeah, I probably would have stuck with them. But I don't know. Yeah, I never read a whole lot either. Yeah. I always, I always used to really like Spider Man. I guess he was probably my favorite. Oh yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, we have we haven't even mentioned Spider Man. Oh yeah, jeez. Um, T- Tom Holland um, is killing it. I think he's finally the right guy for Spider Man. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to his next movie. His first one was really good. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Yeah, that uh, looks pretty cool. Uh, Do you see the picture of his suit? Tim in a suit. Oh, I, I've I saw the uh, trailer, but um, yeah, uh, it looks really cool. Yeah, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I haven't seen the trailer. Oh, okay. Actually, I haven't seen any of those Spider-Man movies. Any of the Spider? Any of all? Oh, did you see the Tobey Maguire ones? Or you- I saw those. Oh, okay. I didn't see any of the other ones after oh, that. Oh, you can you can skip the uh, James Garfield. Or wait, is it James Garfield? I think it's James Garfield. Yeah. Anyway, okay. you can skip them. They suck. Yeah. Um, sorry if anybody likes them, but you're wrong. Um, so <laughs> way to get real <laughs> on real on reels, but yeah, and actually Spider-Man does have, um, a nice moment in this movie. Um, and you know, where Tony, um, gets to see him one last time before, yeah. before the end. Um, so, and then the next Spider-Man movie is going to be him dealing with the aftermath of that because he kind of feels like he lost his father now. So, um, right. anyway, and Uncle Ben, <laughs> oh my god alright so we're going a little long here so let's uh, let's run through these yeah. categories um, yeah so I gave it a 9 for acting what'd you give 8 and it? a half okay yeah I thought yeah the acting is very good um, mm. it, it's it got plenty of like just kind of serviceable acting but um, but yeah I mean there's so many big stars and it's kind of like they know these characters so well they could probably almost do it in their sleep so right. 
um yeah i mean it's it's solid especially yeah. like we said robert Downey jr and uh chris evans as captain america yeah cinematography eight and a half i give it a nine yeah i thought it looked all right i thought yeah i thought it looked really good i thought i liked the way um i thought the the movement of the camera was integral at certain points. Um, like I remember, I remember one shot where it's following Valkyrie as she's, uh, like cutting the crap out of one of those big dragons. Mm -hmm. Um, and the moment where, uh, toward the end of the movie where they're all, everybody is gathered for, um, Tony Stark's memorial service thing. Oh yeah. Um, there was that, that overhead shot of everybody. I thought that was just like really beautifully handled. Oh mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and they did actually get everybody together for that shot, by the way. There's been some skepticism as oh, okay. to whether they were able to do that, but they did. Um, like in reality, not just in CG. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, yeah, and there was, um, there was just, yeah, plenty of good shots in there. Um, yeah, so I won't go in any further into that. Give it a nine. <laughs> Editing, we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, I give it an eight. Nine. I thought they did a, a great job kind of tying everything in. Um, such a big story is kind of I would imagine a nightmare going through all that footage um, and trying to piece it together uh, it's just I can't imagine the process of that just the logistics involved of storing all that footage yeah I'd, I'd love to know how much how how many hours of uh, footage they shot yeah I feel like we should we should we should give an honorary rating to uh, Kevin Feige the producer of this whole MCU thing oh yeah because like he's I don't know. I mean, he really has to be like the guy that's kind of keeping it together behind the scenes. Like right. there's, there's got to be like some common thread. Mm -hmm. He's kind of like the showrunner. Yeah. So he's probably the one who's kind of like, and I'm sure they have like continuity people who like specify, oh, yeah. like whose job is to do that. Um, but you know, somebody has got to oversee it and be like, okay, this all makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it's just a, a lot of information yeah. <laughs> for, um, even a huge team of people to handle. Um, I think they call so, those people line producers. Oh, okay. Um, they're the people that kind of keep track of where everybody is in the script, um, oh, okay. how, what the angle your hat was when we you should, we cut. Should, we should do some more uh, um, film trivia stuff like that. I don't know if that, yeah. that's not really trivia. It's like, I don't know. kind of is. Information about how to make movies. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Rob knows more about that because he's actually directed a couple of movies so <laughs> yeah don't watch them they're awful now you know one of these days those are going to be bonus content that's we <laughs> yeah. got it we're going to figure out a way to make that happen um i mean they're they're all right i mean the people that are in it are great i just i think that i i wasn't a fan of my writing my work on those. both films of course is brilliant <laughs> of um, course no they were they're, they're they're good movies um so uh what do we got music I, oh, oh, I gave it an eight for editing. Did I say that? Uh, I think so. Yeah, that that was I, I dropped that thread. Oh yeah. So I gave yeah, music a nine. Yeah, I thought the editing was good. So oh, I pretty yeah. much agreed. Okay. Um. Yeah, I gave it. I gave it a seven point five. I felt like they're definitely. It just. This is a common problem, but I feel like especially with something like the Avengers, when you have so many different flavors of characters, like. Mm -hmm you need some more you need more memorable themes like you need right. not the more memorable you need more of those like memorable themes for the different characters and i don't feel like they were there like i feel like i would have remembered more of them yeah they played the if there avengers were. theme a lot yeah they did that um and i like that theme i do too 
but they they kind of kept like repeating it. Yeah, it's it, more like slower. Yeah, different keys. It was not a particularly creative score. Yeah. Not bad, but yeah, yeah. But I I thought it uh it worked well. Yeah, I you know I I just think Howard Shore should score all movies. Yeah, because he's amazing. Lord of the Rings soundtracks are are unparalleled. All right, um, sets and art direction. A nine. I thought everything looked cool. Yeah, I gave it an eight. Um, I would have liked, I would have given a higher rating out if I, if there had been just something, a new like hook, you know, something that's a little bit new for this movie. Yeah. I felt like everything was recycled, which is part of that is necessary, obviously. Yeah. But it really is just all the same locations and places and or, uh, locations and, and um, ships and buildings and whatever. And um, I, I probably would have given it a little bit of a lower score because I, I do feel like there was no big, like, memorable set pieces. Right. Like, everything's kind of a generic battleground. Right. That was um, actually one of my one of my issues with the uh, battle. I, I didn't even get into all my issues with the battle. Um, but, yeah, just briefly. Yeah, one of the things about it is um, it was kind of a generic st- setting. Right. It was just like, okay, there's the Avengers compound. They destroy that real quick, and then it's just kind of like a... a some land like I don't yeah. know. it wasn't the terrain didn't wasn't a factor at all right uh well i guess dr strange did have to hold back that that wave oh yeah. um so that was kind of cool but beyond that yeah and then um yeah just um i felt like the battle didn't have as many of those like other than that captain america hammer moment i didn't feel like it had a lot of those just cheering moments like it like the first avengers movie had or even age of ultron yeah or even infinity war like i felt like the the battles were a little bit more creative whereas in in game it just kind of felt like more of the same mm-hmm. um you know just kind of all around and just uh, repeats from the other movies from black panther from spider-man from yeah so yeah anyway those are some of my issues <laughs> okay okay um so we've got post post production effects. I thought the effects were great. Yeah, these films are the. Um, I would say they're pretty much a standard bearer for visual effects, yeah. um, and that especially was solidified with Infinity War because mm-hmm. the way Thanos is animated is um, just, it's it's outstanding. It's it's uh, outstanding, uh, astounding was the word that I was looking yeah. for. It's astounding how well how good he looks. Um, same thing with this movie. So I give it a ten. Same sweet same <laughs> and you know there's all sorts of other explosions and cool oh stuff. Yeah. yeah yeah the cgi is getting so good i used to hate cgi but it's starting to get out of the uncanny valley a little bit right um finally and it's starting to look real good and hulk too um i should mention we haven't yeah. said much about hulk um the way that he integrates his personality um just it works well for yeah. the movie and i did want to talk about mark ruffle a little bit when we were talking about acting yeah I like Mark Ruffalo sometimes, but man, he's just awkward. I I agree. Like that a lot of a lot of times, his delivery just seems like somebody should have said, "Cut." Uh, could you do that again? Like a human. I do think. Um, see, the thing is, I I loved him in Avengers, the first Avengers mm-hmm. movie. I thought he was absolutely perfect as Hulk, and I was excited because it was like finally they got the right guy for Hulk. Um, but yeah, he he hasn't really. I don't know. I guess he does. The dumb guy Hulk thing is kind of funny, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. His his acting is not the best. Yeah. He's kind of, but you're also comparing him with like some 
some heavy hitters. So I don't know. Edward Norton or uh, or <laughs> well, Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's not exactly what I meant, but just he's surrounded by a lot of greats like Paul Rudd. Um, yeah, he's just such a great comedic actor. You know, he's going to outshine just about anybody. But anyway, um, so there's that. I feel like Mark so, Ruffalo always got like ants crawling under his skin, and he's just like. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, um, I turn green <laughs> when I get mad, and uh, <laughs> I just I, gamma I st- rays. I still think he's perfect for the character, but um, but yeah. Uh, so, what about uh, that's everything except uh, the real factor, Rob? So, what do you got for your real factor? Is that everything? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my real factor was a nine and a half. Wow. I enjoyed my experience. <laughs> Yeah, was I was a, dreading watching it because it was like three mm. three hours. You know, and I, I kind of want to see this. But. I can't imagine. I would not have wanted to go into that movie not having seen almost all of the previous movies. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of them. I enjoyed it. You need to at least see Infinity War. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah. mean, this is just the second half of the whole Infinity War mm-hmm. Thanos storyline. Thanos. I'm, I'm sure I would. It would have enjoyed it even more if I had seen everything, um, and I knew kind of how everything got to see everything kind of evolve. Yeah, but I mean, it's definitely um, it, it it enhances the emotional impact of some of the of the moments for sure. Right. So yeah, um, cool. And the fact that one thing that you wouldn't have gotten would be kind of the that that kind of hit me in the feels a little bit was uh, was Ant Man um, seeing his daughter grown up. Because oh, she's yeah. she's a kid in the Ant Man movies, and she's now like a you know older teenager. Like she's probably like I don't know sixteen or something like that. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a good moment. Yeah, and that scene with Jeremy Renner and his family disappearing mm-hmm. on him. They don't get tragic. a lot of they don't get a lot of screen time, but there there is a good scene in Age of Ultron with them. So that uh, yeah, all right. Um, yeah, I gave it a real factor of nine. Um, enjoy, just an enjoyable theater experience. You're not going to get much better of a popcorn movie than a, an Avengers movie. So, yeah, for sure. And let me uh, give you a public service announcement about theaters. <laughs> AMC theaters can go suck an egg. <laughs> Why is that, Rob? Because their concession prices are out of this world. Out of this world. Shame. AMC theaters, shame. Well, ding dong, ding I mean, dong, good ri- shame. I don't think Goodrich is really any better, but well, at least Goodrich will put butter between the layers of the popcorn. <laughs> they layer the butter. Yeah, they do layer the butter. At like, AMC theaters, <laughs> they'll put it in popcorn in a bag and set it on a shelf until somebody orders it. Really? Yeah, and then they hand it to you dry, unsalted, and. Oh, you have to go butter and salt it? Yeah, and then as soon as you get one layer uh, of salty, good, buttery goodness gone, the whole thing sucks for the rest <laughs> of the movie. So, yeah. Man, and, that, that that artificial butter syrup is uh, is very in- integral to the movie theater experience. <laughs> it really is. You've got to feel... you got to have a stomachache by the time yeah. you, you leave the theater. All right, Rob. So uh, I think uh, we've said all that we need to say about Avengers Endgame and AMC theaters. Um, that that little movie that uh, that a few people saw. Yeah, I'm surprised people even 
um, are wanting to talk about this film. Like, I'm surprised. It, I'm surprised it got as wide of a release as it did. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was just one of those little, little independent projects that uh, just kind of blew up. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm, I hope you've heard of it. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. You might be able to find it at a rummage sale. Yeah, it's still in some theaters, I think. For a quota. Might have to go do some digging, but should be able to find it. Yeah. Showing somewhere near you. Awesome. So uh, what was your real score, Jeremiah? Uh, so my, oh, you mean my uh, my individual score? Oh, yeah, that's right. Mine's the real score. Yours is the individual score. Okay. Not not accurate. Um, so my score, Rob, my overall score is uh, 8.72 repeating. Eight points. Oh no, I did the math wrong. I, I looked at your notebook because we didn't do the averaging. Um, oh, okay. Let's see, I didn't look at the answers to the trivia though. I just was looking at the <laughs> score. Mine was uh, eight point eight repeating. Okay, so we were pretty close. Oh wow, very close. Um, which is kind of surprising. We didn't. See, our scores seemed a little different. Yeah, as did. we were going along there, but our real score is uh, eight point eight zero four repeating. Nice. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes, ninety five. Yeah, we've got almost exactly the IMDb score. I think IMDb's got eight point eight. Eight point nine is IMDb. Oh, is eight point nine? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're pretty. Uh, they're pretty close to us. Yeah, uh, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, ours is ours is the one that really counts, as you all yeah. know. Yeah, it's the real score. It's the only score that uh, the Library of Congress accepts. Yeah. So they've got, you know, these 25 movies that we've done and uh we need to we need to step it up so we can really uh get their yeah, you know, library filled out. Mhm. Especially since we've been having uh longer gaps between uh episodes here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that by the way, y'all. <laughs> we will uh go back to our two uh two week um, you know, r- rotation. So, maybe we go <laughs> 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 All right, so <laughs> loving the confidence. Rob, would you like to play a game? Yes. All right. Would you like to play Almost Famous? I guess. Play the music. Almost Famous, it's the Almost Famous game. Almost Famous, only on Real Unreals. All right. Almost famous. Take it away, Rob. Oh, you want me to? Okay, so uh, Jeremiah and I have each come up with four actors, and um, not necessarily actors. Oh yeah, it could be anybody <laughs> in the film filming industry, uh, and we have to come up with the four movies that are featured on their IMDb page. So every IMDb page has four movies that these people are known for. So our. Uh, task is to guess those movies and we can we, we usually do a three strikes right um yeah we do a three strikes route kind of thing and you can um at the second strike we give you the years right and we yeah. get a point for each one we get right yeah so you get you get your second strike and then you get the years that all the movies came out that you haven't guessed yet to help you guess them right and uh yeah cool go from there. uh what's our current scores in the real unreal's ledger oh um wow I don't have that in front of me, Rob. First time ever. Wow. <laughs> do you have it nearby? I do have it nearby. Well, that's good to hear. 
<laughs> now, folks, let me talk to you about airline food. <laughs> it's garbage. And it's not it's not a good value. Don't if you're hungry, don't go on a flight. Don't eat. Don't dine on an airplane just to eat. You know what, Rob? Uh, I'm, I've got to put an end to this. Um, but I don't have those scores. We will uh, just, you know, update people on the next episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> we don't wow. even know what we're doing with these numbers yet, Rob. Well, we can consider this the Infinity War, and if you want the end game score. <laughs> yes. Watch out for the next three-hour episode. Yeah, so we'll just have to give you the score for this game. Yeah, but All anyway, right. um, your first actor, you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Hit me. Your first actor is Paul Rudd. Ooh, Paul Rudd. We were talking about him a little bit. Yes, we were. Okay, so... Because he's in this movie. That is true. Um, all right. Paul Rudd was in uh, Role Models. And um, is that one? Uh, no. Oh, that's not strike. one of the... That's not oh, one what? Of oh, come on. All right. Okay. Um let's do Ant-Man. Um that is correct. Okay, so that's one of the ones he's known for. And he's probably also known for um well, man, there's actually a lot to pick from, aren't there? Um Wow, it's actually it's hard to pick which ones cuz I actually have way more than 3 that I can think of. Yeah. So all right, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with forty-year-old uh, virgin. That is correct. Yes. All right. Um, it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a hail mary. Okay. I'm gonna say clueless. No. Ah, dang it. Okay. What are the other two? Like two. Over the years. The years of the others are 2018 and 2009. Oh wow! They, it must be. Uh, I'm going to say Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. Okay, sweet. That was a good movie. Um, so 2009. What was the 2009 movie that he was in? Um, oh, 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 oh. I bet I know it. I bet I know it. I love you, man. Yes. Yes. I got all the Paul yep. Rudd movies. Yeah. Sweet. Slap on the bass. I said lap on the bass. Slap on the bass, man. I love that. Oh, <laughs> Peter, man. His, his character name in that movie is Peter Clavin. <laughs> Peter Clavin. <laughs> Clavin. Okay. Uh, all right, Rob. Here's your first actor. All right. Although it's actually not an actor. Ooh. All right. You've got Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. I'm going to say Edvard Scissorhands. Uh, actually, no. Edvard. <laughs> uh Beetlegeist? <laughs> That's not one of them either, actually. Jesus. I know, right? That's what crazy. are my years, sir? Uh, oh, yeah, that was Second Strike. Okay, so you got a, 90, a 1993, a 2000, uh, actually, let me go into it, 1983, and 1997, and 2005, and another 2005. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas? Ding, 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 ding. Correct. Um, Ed Wood. Ed Wood is not one. Damn. 
Yeah. Strike three. Yeah. So you got you got yourself a point. Or the other films, you are sir. on the board, sir. So the other ones are Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh. Um, that one actually had some pretty cool music in it. Um, Corpse Bride is the other one from 2005. Oh. Another good musical. And uh, Men in Black from 1997. Oh, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the music of that movie. Yeah. Those are, those are, that's a solid resume right there. Speaking of which, did you see the trailer for the new Men in Black in, uh, at the Avengers? Yeah, yeah. Men in um, Black International? Yeah, it's Thor and Valkyrie. Yeah, it looks interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised they're taking that um partnership into a different different realm yeah be interesting to see because that wasn't even really like a major thing yeah in thor ragnarok but I, w- I guess it was must have had some uh chemistry all right all right so your next movie or uh person all right hit me tina fey tina fey oh man movies i know her from well shows, i, I but- will Give fair warning, one of them is a television show. Okay, okay. So one of them is 30 Rock then, I'm yes. assuming. Okay. Tina Fey. Okay, and are these credits as an actor, or is there a mix, mix of actor and writing, or? Um, a mix. Okay. In that case, um, I would think maybe she's known for writing The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. No. So, okay. Um, funny show. Um. Oh man, what does she act in? That's actually she's one of those ones who wouldn't really stand out that much in a movie, probably because I don't think. Well, I guess she has had one or two starring roles, hasn't she? Um, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, darn it, I can't remember the names of any of them. I think she had one that was like a out of towners kind of deal. Um, mm, okay. Gonna get the ears turning. Tina Fey. Um, I feel like she did something with Jason Bateman, maybe. And um, maybe something with Steve Carell. What was that Steve Carell movie? That's got to be one of them. Get Smart? Is that? No. No? Strike okay. two. Gosh darn it. Okay. So your years are 2010, 2015, and 2004. Oh, man, that is not particularly helpful. Um, Tina Fey. All right, I'm gonna throw in the towel. Okay. Um. So you got one point. The remaining uh, films were 2004 Mean Girls. Oh, I didn't. She was, even... one, she was one of the writers. Oh um, crap. Okay. Or I think she actually wrote. I should have been thinking more about her. I don't know if she it. Um, Date Night was the one that you were thinking of with Steve Carell. Yes. Okay. Dang it. And then Sisters was a film that she started in with Amy Poehler. Okay. In 2015. Yeah. Vaguely remember that. Okay, yeah. Cool. All right. Jake Gyllenhaal, sir. Jake Gyllenhaal. Donnie Darko. Ding, ding. Um, Nightcrawler. Ding, ding. Good movie. Brokeback Mountain. Indeed. Directed by the guy who did the first Hulk movie. Oh, yeah. Ang Lee. Um, Ang Lee. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Terrible in Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, but good in some other movies. The Jaked Gyllenhaal. Hmm. Got to Gyllen him up. 
Was it uh no, that's not what it's called. I'll just say Warrior. Uh no. Okay. Nope. The other movie was called Prisoners. Hey. That was only my first strike. Oh, I screwed it up. All right, well, automatic point? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Default. The two most beautiful <laughs> words in the English English language. Another Simpsons reference for y'all. All right. Okay, uh, yeah, throw one at me, Rob. Uh, your third and final actor is Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. <laughs> That's deceptively hard because I've seen about 5,000 Adam Sandler <laughs> movies in my life because I grew up in the 90s. Um, Jeez. Okay, Billy Madison's got to be one. That is incorrect. Really? That is incorrect. That's dumb. Okay. Um, Adam Sandler, I think. Happy Gilmore. That is incorrect. Are you kidding me? Nope. Is it like all his more recent ones are you're, pushing him out? Is that years. What's that was strike two. Uh, your years. Okay. Two of them are in 1998. Okay. One's in 1999, and then the other one's in 2000. Seriously? They're even... Ugh. It's killing me. <laughs> you're killing, killing me, me, Smalls. Yes. So two of them are in 98, one's in 99, and one's in 2000. Yeah. Okay, so all clustered together. It just shows you how much he was fu- he was working back then. Oh, it was, it was insane. Two films in 98. Okay. Is one of them funny people? Um, no. Did I just lose on yeah. Adam Sandler? Yeah. Of all freaking people? Funny people came out in like uh, 2000. Oh, yeah, you're right. That was stupid. That was no, a stupid 10 answer. 10 or something. Okay, let me let me just take a couple more stabs at it. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> This is sad. Okay, he was in... <laughs> hey, you're not going to do Big one. Daddy. Okay, yeah, you got that. Okay, <sighs> finally get one. Uh, Fifty First Dates. No. Okay. Punch Drunk Love. No. One of my favorite movies. Um, I'm just gonna. I, I've probably got a few others that I could lock and load here. Uh, Mr. Deeds. No. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, that Christmas movie, <laughs> Eight Days of Christmas or something. Okay, you're not getting any of these. <laughs> Water Boy. Oh, of course. Freaking Wedding Water- Singer. How did I not think of the wedding singer? And little Nikki. Oh, I feel so dumb. Of course, freaking little Nikki. <laughs> I even thought about little Nikki, but I couldn't think of the name of it. That's so irritating. Okay, little Nikki and Waterboy are not even good movies. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, guy, why don't you take your opinions and put them in your pocket? <laughs> but the wedding singer, I am mad at myself for not getting the wedding singer. <laughs> um, yeah, I should have guessed Big Daddy earlier. When I but... saw those, I was like, man, these are kind of... Um... I don't know. They're a little. I was surprised little Nikki was on there. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what criteria people, IMDb is using. People do not like what <laughs> little Nikki because I love it. But. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously people know him for being Happy Gilmore, right? Yeah, and Billy Madison is right up there, so. right? Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, so your last one here, Rob, is Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch, I'm going to say 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, one of these is actually a TV show, by the way. Okay. 40-Year-Old Virgin. It's funny that that came up again, but no, that's not one of them. Damn. Um, High School Musical. Mm, Incorrect. Really? Strike two. Wow, I thought that would have been the TV show. Wow. Jeez. Jane Lynch. Role Models? Yes. Wow. That came up again, too. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, There's always a little overlap in our references somehow. Yeah. I know she's got, there's like a show she's starring in, I think, or mm. starred in. I can't remember the name of that show. Uh, Give me the years. Okay. So you've got 2009 to two, 2015. That's the show. And then you've got um, 2012 and 2011. Uh, I, I give up. Okay. So um the other three are this the tv show is glee you were so close with high oh glee yeah oh. i wanted to i wanted to give you another clue but i was just like nah i'd be giving it away but um all right and then wreck it ralph oh yeah um and then actually this one was a somewhat smaller role so i'm kind of surprised it's, it's on here but it was uh paul oh she plays a like a uh, diner yeah diner waitress yeah it's, it's a pretty funny role I, but yeah it's a really small role it is a small role and yeah kind of a small movie yeah <laughs> that's true wow all right get your get your act together imdb Glee. so um this was an appropriately epic episode yep an hour and a half long yeah about that and we didn't even give you an intermission. That's the other thing I want to bring up. <laughs> These Avengers movies, if they're going to be three hours long, they need to have an intermission. There should be one, yeah. Well, it could have been. They could have even done like the whole Infinity thing as Infinity War and Game as a. Well, I don't know. That might be too. They'd be like six hours, I guess, with an intermission. But oh, they yeah. could have. They could have made that a thing. Back in the day, <laughs> with the Godfather and all those epics. Yeah. They would have an intermission. Mm-hmm. They'd have an overture at the beginning. As people were filling in the seats, yeah, violins and brass and bring back the overture. Yes, I like that. I'm but no, we have to we have to hear about Maria Menounos uh, telling us about the the latest uh, the latest updates from Nuvi. <laughs> yeah, there's always like some sort of um, app commercial. Yeah, and right. then just yeah, trailers for movies that look really bad mostly. Yeah. Trailers are so long now. Yeah, it's like a half hour. <laughs> I hate the theater. They've it, made me hate the theater experience. Yeah, trailers do give away too much. Well, not just times. that, but like, there's too many of them. I want to watch the movie I came to watch at the time. I came yeah, to watch that's it. true. You got you don't want to sit for 15 minutes. Uh, ah, <laughs> we're turning into those grumpy old men critics from the <laughs> yeah, Muppets or whatever. Right. All right, so this has been fun, Rob. Yeah. And I hope you all enjoyed it. Me too. See you next time. Bye. Does everybody know what time it is? What time is it, Rob? Real Unreal's time. My favorite time of day. And here are your hosts. <laughs> Rob and Jeremiah. Tim, the tool bag tailor. <laughs> Rob, the tool bag. Um, hey. So today, this is Real Unreal's. And oh, we, we've started? I thought so. Oh. I thought we could just use these as like a... Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right.